Yo, 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 what's going on, fam? What's up, you Welcome guys? Welcome to the Hello Married podcast. We're your hosts, Jonathan and Joe Encarnacion. We believe that life isn't perfect, neither are relationships. And there are a ton of what the fuck what moments. What the fuck? Here we keep it real with messy conversations around sex, love, relationships, communication, parenting, and everything else in between. Because let's be real, life is messy. So messy. And we're all just winging it. Laugh with us, cry with us, and let's get a little more comfortable with the uncomfortable. Hello Married podcast bonus episode and today we are going to be talking about the things that Joanne and I have learned as individuals and as a couple in our relationship about the infidelity. So here we are. It's cloudy outside. I just spilled water all over the ground and there is nothing worse than wet socks. So we're going to try to push through this and get this done because wet socks are terrible. I mean, they're terrible to you, but, you know, the character in Inside Out, Sadness, she loved her wet galoshes and her wet socks in the rain. Yeah. So for some people, wet socks might be really amazing. Apples and oranges. Bananas and tangerines. That doesn't make sense. Neither does the world in this current state at the moment. This is very true. So we're going to do things a little bit different today. We are? Yes, we are. Because typically, Joanne knows. Joe. Joe, I'm sorry. Joe and I have some structured way of doing this. We have a little bit of an outline sometimes. Sometimes. But today, we're just going to go into this and just have... A conversation about the things that we've learned. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously episode two and three came out and we talked about infidelity and we talked about non-monogamy. And, you know, while we've had some really amazing responses, we've also had some nameless, faceless critics having opinions on those two episodes. And we knew that those two episodes were going to be triggering We knew that they were going to bring up a lot of conversations for people who have listened and things that, you know, may challenge their mindsets on not only the way in which we love, the way in which we relate to one another, but also the way in which they might relate within their own relationships to other people. Right. I'm still with you. (laughs) And so, you know, one of the things that we realized after, you know, some of the conversations that we've had, some of the IG lives that we've had, is that one part that's probably missing in the entire story, which we knew we were going to we were going to eventually get there, were the lessons that we learned from the affair and the infidelity. Mm-hmm. And we want to dive into that today because we have spent a lot of time going inward for the both of us of trying to figure out what that infidelity and what that moment in our life meant for us as individuals and what it meant for us as a couple. So I think for me, one of the biggest things that I learned from infidelity is actually the power of self-love. And I know that sounds cliche as fuck, but you know, it's fucking true. I had to find a lot of self-worth because after the infidelity, I questioned myself, why wasn't I enough? Why couldn't I provide you with this? Mm-hmm. What is it about me that isn't enough for you, Joe? 
Well, I said Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, I didn't really come to a place of self love until it was it was crazy because it took something like infidelity and betrayal in order for me to make a decision for myself that I needed to transform into something else. Yeah. I, I needed to pour love into myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't realize how powerful that was until I started doing the work, until I started diving deep. And luckily, I was working with my life coach, and I was already in the process of journaling a lot, figuring out what my emotions were, what were my triggers, what made me feel a certain way, why didn't I value myself, why did I question everything about myself in the relationship. And uh, for me, journaling was a way for me to like really reconnect to myself and my worth. Yeah, I think also for us too, and I want to backtrack this a little bit because we both had to first come to an understanding of what the affair or the infidelity meant for the both of us and to reshape and rethink how we could approach this. Because for the most part, I think... How could we approach what? The infidelity? The healing process process. And then trying to understand what the affair meant for the both of us, right? And what we can do to grow and learn and heal from it. I think for the most part, and those for those of you guys who are listening, oftentimes infidelity becomes an ultimate betrayal between two people because it goes against an agreement that you made within the relationship. And one thing I want to note is that there's so many different ways to hurt a person in a relationship. And the reason why infidelity seems to be the ultimate betrayal is because sexuality is tied so deeply into it. Whenever sex or emotions are involved in a betrayal, that becomes so deeply rooted in hurt because it challenges the identity of an individual within that relationship. And because sexuality is still roped around a very old patriarchal and puritanical point of view, meaning that like sex can only be with your partner or your emotions are only supposed to be tied to your committed partnership and changes and can disrupt the way a person feels about themselves after betrayal happens. But one thing to kind of remember is that there are so many different ways to betray someone in a partnership. Okay, so let's dive deeper into that. There's neglect. Let's talk about our relationship specifically. Yeah. Okay, because we've never talked about this before. Let's go there then. There were all those years in Milpitas, Mm -hmm. in our old place, Mm -hmm. when I neglected you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this. It's never been shared. I I mean, I've shared it on my feed. Yeah. You know, and... uh, Although it wasn't with a person, I didn't have sex with anyone, but there was this relationship that I had with my vices that caused me to neglect you, to forget about you, to not have this emotional connection that you deeply desired Mm -hmm. and something that you were looking for. Yeah, and even at that time, I don't think I knew that that was what I was looking for. I don't think I knew 
the intensity of an emotional connection of what I was seeking within our relationship, I just knew something was missing. And those nights were so painful because the ultimate betrayal in those nights when you would spend nearly two to four years of our relationship playing video games a majority of the night, I mean, I sat in the feelings of abandonment. I was abandoned upstairs alone, and all I really wanted was my companion. Right. The companion that you committed that you would be to me. And those were really painful. And that is a form of betrayal. And while it's not infidelity, and while for those of you guys who are probably listening, you're like, oh, well, that's not the fucking same. I mean, you cheated on a person. He's cheating on a video games. It's still a form of hurt and betrayal in a relationship. And it's one that we don't label infidelity because... It's a video game. It's video games. It's a vice. But, you know, people... There's infidelity in so many different forms of relationships. People get caught up and choose work over nourishing their partnership. They choose drugs. There's... Gambling. Gambling. There's porn. There's other friendships and relationships that oftentimes can come first before the relationship in itself. I think it's so interesting, though, because when it comes to different things like drugs and alcohol and gambling, people want to help that person. Well, right, because they see it as a form of an addiction, and they're trying to address a particular behavior. And what's hard is that when somebody is longing or seeking or trying to find something to fulfill them, it, it's, it's usually about the individual and about the person and not necessarily about the other person. Yeah. Like I know for us, one of the things that we discussed in terms of the infidelity and even in the conversations that we have within our communities when, they would, when people would reach out and talk to us about their own affairs and their relationships or the infidelity in their relationships, the one thing that we always like try to tell people is the affair isn't about what you're lacking, it's actually about what the person is seeking. Mm -hmm. And if you can understand what the person is seeking and why that affair happened in the first place or why the transgression happened in the first place, then you get to better understand how you can build from what the other person is needing rather than coming from a place of, well, I'm not worthy, this or that, let me go ahead and, and try to be that person's everything they're looking for, et cetera, et cetera, when really we need to just slow ourselves down and actually ask, what was the desire that you were seeking when you decided and made the choice to go outside the lines of our commitments and our agreements? I think also another thing to, to mention is that during that time and those years of disconnection, we didn't really have the tools to communicate to each other in a healthy way. I mean, I, I always bring this up. We always bring this up, but we, we weren't taught how to have healthy conversations in a relationship because that was, I mean, for me, I never saw my parents having healthy conversations. I thought everything was good all the time. Yeah, I mean, even like we were talking about yesterday in our podcast interview for the Ignited Podcast. Oh, well, my third interview for the year. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. You did such a good job last night. But yeah, what we were saying is that so oftentimes we forget that when we are in relationship with people, we are bringing 
old childhood memories, old childhood traumas, behaviors, conditionings, patterns, and also previous hurt from old relationships and previous hurt from within the relationship in itself, from like past experiences I too. Think, I think for us, it was a lot of the past experiences in our relationship because before I was with you, I had only one real relationship and I was 19 and it was for six months. And <laughs> like looking back at that now, I'm like, that was a real relationship, like six months compared to like how we've, how long we've been together now. Yeah, I mean, like our relationship, I think, has just been a roller coaster of a ride. And, you know, even even for me, like I was saying to you last night, you were probably one of my first real adult romantic relationships. And although I've had previous experiences with different relationships and although I've had different forms of being able to access my own emotional intelligence through therapy or through coaching school and through different forms of education, nothing ever really teaches you or prepares you to be in a relationship but jumping in there and getting your hands dirty with it. Or getting wet socks. Or getting wet socks, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, going back to some of the lessons that we've learned in terms of the infidelity, I think one of the biggest things that we learned out of that is really learning how to be brutally honest with each other without fearing whether or not our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings are going to be safe to be said and expressed, and if the other person can hold that safety. So to just kind of add on top of that, I think another thing that both you and I have learned through this experience, and obviously with the help from our therapist, um, was that we both had to learn how to emotionally labor for ourselves. Yeah, we had to learn that just because we're in relationship with each other doesn't mean that we are entitled to the other person's ability to labor for our own emotional well-being. And I mean, granted, you did emotionally labor for me for quite some time after the infidelity. I mean, that was needed, right? Like, we recently listened to a podcast with Brene Brown and Harriet Lerner um, on Brene Brown's podcast called Unlocking Us. And we'll leave all this information in the show notes because there's a couple of really awesome resources and, and things that we invite you guys to listen and expand your minds with. But um, in that podcast with Brene Brown and Harriet Lerner, a few things that we were learning from that is the art of apologizing and the art of receiving apologies and how important it is that when somebody causes another person pain to not only acknowledge their own behavior, but to also acknowledge the hurt that somebody went through in order for the healing process to begin. And for the both of us, you know, after the infidelity and after I cheated on you, the biggest thing was for me to be willing to do the repair work that it took, no matter what it took in order to hold that relationship vigil and to hold that relationship with the highest regard and to prioritize it. And yes, while we decided to still continue down the road of non-monogamy, even after that, even after the affair happened, I knew as the human who made a choice that 
betrayed our agreements that I needed to step in, take ownership and responsibility, and show you that trust could be built. And we did that through different ways of you offering me opportunities to rebuild and regain that trust, taking little baby steps to show you that not only was I sorry and remorseful for what I did, but that I was also still showing up as a better person and making up for the choices or the choice I had made that night. It was just one choice. It It was was just one night. Yeah. And I think too, you know, the funny thing is a lot of, I think, questioning that happens around infidelity, especially when it comes to, you know, people or community or people looking in inward into somebody's relationship is like, how can that person still be with that person when they're not being loyal or faithful? And the other day, you and I had to look this up because, you know, I know for me, one of the things that I'm currently sitting in is a lot of shame from other people's perceptions about the choice that I made. And sure, me too. I mean, we looked up the word loyal or faithful. And the funny thing about that definition is that it had nothing to do with fidelity at all and everything to do with being loyal to the truth. And for us, we define our relationship on so many different levels and we value transparency, we value honesty, we value open, honest communication. And ever since the infidelity happened, that's what we rebuilt the foundation of our relationship on. Yeah, and I think the beautiful thing is that as we're learning these new things for ourselves and how to communicate with each other, and how to be vulnerable, like how to be truly vulnerable with each other. It's really modeled for our girls that we can hold a safe space for them to be vulnerable with us. Yeah. And that was something I never received as a child growing up. Mm-hmm. I never felt safe being able to express to my parents what I was feeling. Yeah. For a lot of people, I think having emotional safety within your parent child relationship is so important, yet it's so often misunderstood because there isn't that modeled from previous generations, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm glad that we can break that cycle. Yeah, I mean, if that's, that's, that's another big thing that we learned big time because of the infidelity was what does it look like to create emotional safety within a relationship? Mm Mm-hmm regardless of what that relationship is, whether it's with a parent and child, whether it's between partners, whether it's between friends, friends, like that emotional safety is so important because everybody just wants to be held and seen. Yeah. And, and I think about that emotional safety and how I've been able to show up for some of my friends and sometimes strangers mm-hmm. in just getting curious about what they might be going through. Yeah, I think that was the other thing that I learned. I know that I learned that I needed after the infidelity was I need my partner to be curious about me again. And there was a time in our relationship prior to the infidelity where I felt like you were just no longer curious about who I was because we've been together for so long. Well, because we were on the relationship escalator. We were on the relationship escalator. You and like how I did that? Yeah, I thank brought, you. I brought it back. Thanks for bringing it back. Um, And because our relationship was lacking that curiosity, or I was lacking the curiosity from from you, 
I, I felt like, I mean, for lack of better words, but malnourished. And also, I didn't realize that that's, that's what I needed until the infidelity. Mm-hmm. I mean, even for me, the realization of all the things that I needed to invite into this relationship and all the things that I was needing out of a partnership, out of a partnership now, were things that I would have never, ever realized without the infidelity. Right. And I know this might sound like crazy for some of the listeners to hear, but, and I've expressed this to you, and I've expressed this to like some of my closest friends, and now I'm expressing it on the pod, pod, the podcast, <laughs> the podcast. I'm grateful that it happened. Yeah. Because through it happening, I was truly able to understand what you were seeking out of our relationship, what you were seeking emotionally, and what you needed in a partner. And in knowing that and having this knowledge, it was for me making that decision to grow into that curious version, yeah. in, to, to lean into that curiosity of who you are. Yeah. Who are you, Joanne? What makes you tick? What, what turns you on? What, what fills you up? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because, and I'm not going to answer all those right now, but <laughs> it's funny because I think about I think about who we are now as a couple after the infidelity. And I think about the ways in which we now actually work together and the ways in which we work together, not only in our personal lives, but our business lives is so much more dynamic and so much more engaged than when it was prior to the infidelity. I mean, before that, we literally... I mean, the only way that I think I could describe our relationship then was we were a plant that is in a pot that was outgrowing itself and couldn't grow in that pot. Mm -hmm. No matter how much we tried watering it, no matter how much we tried nourishing it, it just wasn't growing. And we really needed to create a new container. We needed to repot. We needed to repot and build a different container that allowed for growth. Now, I'm not saying that Infidelity is the only way no. to grow out of that. I'm not recommending it that, at all. That's our experience. But I'm just saying that, that that was the thing that took us that growing moment. And I think so oftentimes in life, people need to hit a certain level of rock bottom before they can go all the way up. Right. And for us in our relationship, that was rock bottom for us. And I think what was really beautiful was we both looked at each other in that moment and said, okay, you know what? We're going to lean into forgiveness. We are going to lean into deeply not only forgiving one another, but also forgiving ourselves because that had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with the other person. Mm -hmm. Since we're on the topic of pots, we probably need to repot some of our plants. Oh, we totally do. They are totally (laughs) outgrowing. And I can see it, and that's why I use that analogy. That's a good one. Yeah, you like that? I do. Good. A lot of things came out of that. And, you know, we touched on how we communicate with our kids. We touched on how it opened up doors of communication for us and deeper levels of intimacy. Also, some of the other things that came out of the affair was we were having 
more sex than we had before. And we revived a part of ourselves that we thought was dormant forever or non-existent. Yeah, we were having sex like two, three times a day. It was crazy, guys. It was it was mind blowing. So fuck COVID because <laughs> the kids have been home. The kids have been home. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think like when you start to understand and start to rethink infidelity, like Esther Perel says, you're able to look at it in a different way for all its complexities and all the dynamics that actually happen within there. Because an infidelity isn't black and white. It's not about who's right or who's wrong. It's not about justice or revenge revenge or any of that it's it's a complexity of different things and so many people grow and in our in our case it wasn't about revenge yeah in our case it wasn't about that it wasn't about like oh my god john hurt me i'm gonna treat him like shit no like it wasn't that it literally was something in that moment came alive in me and i know i know how that sounds it probably sounds really fucking selfish And guess what? That choice was a selfish choice in that moment. But the crazy thing is, is after the infidelity, I never felt so alive in myself in the growth that I made. Well, it gave you an opportunity to also go beyond your own status quo and to go, well, how am I going to show up differently? Clearly, there is something that I can provide her or and I want to provide her. So as Jonathan in this relationship, I'm going to stretch. And for me... It was, Joe, you need to be brutally honest with him if you want to give him an opportunity to help support you and provide you the things that you deeply need. You can't keep having him guess at what you need and trying to read your mind because just because you've been in a relationship for that long doesn't mean he knows every single inch of your inner world. It's unfair. And as scary as it was for me to express certain things to you, like, I need you to emotionally show up. I need you to hold me. I need you to be here when I cry. As a woman, that is so difficult to say because there's already this picture that is painted as a wife being needy or nagging or wanting too much or whatever. And it's like, fuck. For me as a woman to want to say, hey, I'm feeling a certain way right now. Do you mind holding me? You almost feel ashamed to want to even ask that from your partnership when you guys are already working so hard as parents right? and as two people in business together. I mean, I'd be bullshitting if I said that I've never thought that in my head or said that to you is that, oh, you're just nagging me. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot in a lot of relationships. Especially long-term ones. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden you're supposed to like understand that your needs are met and that the other person can guess at every single thing that you're thinking. And the reality is like that is a responsibility that is not supposed to be put on your partner. And we did that. And the infidelity taught us that we should not be doing that in order to create a healthy relationship. It's still always a work in progress. Even now... And I'm not going to dive into this because last night, let's be honest, it was a very rough night for us last night. We had a hard parenting moment. A hard parenting moment. A hard part of some triggers. We were really triggered last night. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of came back to just expressing our truth. Yeah. And that's always, it's always a constant work in progress. And expressing truth is hard. 
I think the other thing that we learned after the affair, after the infidelity was expressing truth is hard, but it's the only way to actually grow is when you're standing in your truth. And as naked and scary and terrifying as that might feel, because you might not know if the other person that you're telling the truth to is going to receive you in a way that feels safe. It's really honestly the only way to feel liberated in your own self and to create and cultivate those deep connections with the people around you. I hear you on that one. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to point out that we learned in the past almost two years? I think we also really learned how to hold space for one another. We learned how to not project as much of our own thoughts, feelings onto the other person. Mm -hmm. We learned not to externalize so much of our own feelings mm -hmm. with one another. We also learned a much wider range of emotional vocabulary. This is very true. Thanks to the feelings wheel. Which we have posted in our in our refrigerator. That's something to celebrate, though, yeah. about last night. Oh, I love that. Is how the girls actually pulled the feelings wheel off of the fridge and yeah. used it for themselves. Yeah. I think another thing that I learned is to not make assumptions about what you're feeling. Mm, that was a big one. Yeah, because I mean, in the past, you would make assumptions about how I was feeling. And then you would go around trying to fulfill all my needs, but not get it right. And then it would leave you feeling frustrated. It would leave you feeling Shame. angry and ashamed. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it was like, you're not getting it right. Mm -hmm. And also because I'm not telling you what I need. Because you never felt safe. I never felt safe to tell you that. Yeah. And so... You never felt safe because of the reaction that you might get from me. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that fear because I know my shame monster is big. Yeah. And I think too, like I think we've also really, really learned patience, understanding. Compassion. Compassion. Empathy. Like I truly know the meaning of being empathetic now. Yeah. The most beautiful thing that I know I have witnessed in our growth of the infidelity and just yours yourself is your deep ability to love and forgive. It's something that, you know, I know that we both model this for each other, but the fact that you were able to forgive Chris and to see it not so black and white, like you also saw him as another human who just made a choice mm -hmm. rather than what I think society and culture will normally say. And it's like, that's the man that your wife cheated on you with. You need to like be an asshole to him and he's fucking ruining everything and blah, 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 blah. And I was there. You were there. I was there. As you, as you had every right to be. Mm -hmm. You had every right to be. But the transformation in that relationship is probably the most beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have a beautiful transformation, but that in itself is a beautiful transformation. And to see that both of you found the friendship that you both were longing for in a long time and never realized that this is the way you guys would create and cultivate that friendship. Mm -hmm. Another thing, these are just coming in my head yeah. as we're having this conversation. And it's funny because I remember when we were living in Milpitas, you had started listening to Brene Brown and reading Power of Vulnerability. And I remember you like trying to get me to read it and... As a man, I was just like, vulnerability? The fuck? I don't want to be vulnerable because 
when I hear the word vulnerable, I think of my army and I think of my defenses. And if my defenses are vulnerable, that means I'm prone to attack. But since the infidelity and actually leaning into what that vulnerability looked like for me, and I've used this analogy with you, I've always looked at my vulnerability as me taking off my armor. Mm-hmm. And in taking off my armor, I was more able to move around swiftly and faster yeah. and smarter. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's one of like, vulnerability is strength. Yeah, Vulnerability is powerful. Mm-hmm. And the ways in which I've transformed and our relationship has and my relationships with the people that I love is stands true to that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I mean, for any like the male listeners, if you think vulnerability is weakness, just dive deep into that thought a little bit. I love that example. And uh, check out our book. <laughs> yeah, that book was awesome. I'll leave those in the in the show notes too. I think the one other thing that I want to leave everybody with is that infidelity doesn't need to destroy everything. Mm-mm. It really doesn't. I was telling John this the other day because, of course, we knew that this story was triggering. We knew that this story would cause so many opinions to happen. We we did get some negative feedback, but we also got 95% of just beautiful conversation and heart-opening connections out of this. And people have been able to find healing in their relationships. People have been able to find healing in their relationships. And healing you know in what? Themselves. That is the biggest, that's all that we could have hoped for in sharing our story. But we did get a few things. And I was telling John that, you know, one of the beautiful things that happened in our infidelity is that it actually didn't destroy anything for us. If anything, when I look around and the friends that have come and supported us, I'm getting emotional. Um, The friends that have supported us in our healing journey, the people who have loved us during that process and who didn't judge us for staying in our relationship after it happened, for the people who didn't look at me as somebody who was a fucking shitty person, a shitty mom, a shitty wife, like... None of our friends labeled me as anything. And yes, they they love us, but they could have chosen to not. They have agency and they could have chosen to not love me. And they could have chosen to look at you as a fucking idiot for staying. Mm-hmm. And our daughters could have also done the same thing. Just because they're our daughters doesn't mean that they don't have the power of choice and the freedom to think or feel the way that they feel. And so while for some people, infidelity might completely destroy a life, for others, like our story, it really built a whole new brand new family that we like to call our chosen family, mm-hmm. who accepted not only the mistakes that we made, but also still saw us as two humans, yeah. just doing our best to get by and doing our best to love. Yeah. And so... And so, <laughs> I think we're going to... I think we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. And so I just think like, you know, just remember for any of you guys who have experienced infidelity in your relationships or might have been the one who made the choice, it doesn't have to be painful. And and there is hope. There is growth that can happen. And it does take a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of honesty, transparency, and willingness to sit through hard-ass conversations. Mm-hmm. Not only with the people around you, but with yourself. That's the big one. That's the big one. That's really the big one. So yeah, you guys, thank you so much for listening. 
And we're here. Please, if you guys like this episode, share it on social, tag us so that we can keep the conversations going. Send Joe a message. Send, send John. Send me a message for some humor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we want you guys to feel held. Yeah. We want you guys to feel seen because we know what it feels like when you're not. And we know what it feels like when you feel alone. And that's really shitty. Yeah. So we're here as your Tita Joe. <laughs> your Tita John. And just one more thing before we close this out. Actually, I forgot. So, you know, we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, Breaker, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on social at Hella Married. And don't forget that you can ask us anything on our website at hellamarried.wtf. That's right, fam. WTF. And just so you know, we'll dish out our advice just like your Filipino tita and tita would. But way cooler. Way cooler. And please, if you enjoyed the episode, we'd love it if you just share with one friend or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Peace out.